And college chance really flirted with the idea of getting rollerblades. Oh, I still flirt with that to get around. Constantly. And I really wish he had because he could have been what? a soul skater. You should have got Heelys. No, never. or you could have joined Brink. Yes, that's, that's the goal. goal. Yeah, the goal was Brink. The goal has always been Brink. But that's been my goal since I've seen be, Brink. It'd probably be more close to America's Funniest Home Videos, <laughs> less Mighty Ducks. I know how to ice skate. It's got to be kind of the same. No, but at a certain point, just like when your age reaches a certain point, you should just stop doing that unless you're like really practiced at it. Listen, if you go from point A to point B and you walk, run, ride your bike or rollerblade, you burn more calories rollerblading than any of those other things. And the smile on your face <laughs> is the biggest of them all. Joy. It's a sense of freedom. But I'm a lot of I'm a lot of person. I mean, all three of us are are not small people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we between the three of us, we take up at least six people. That's like an extra, just as several inches that just makes it that much worse when you fall. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to fall, and I'm going to injure something, and I'm never going to recover in my life. Where and then when people ask you, doesn't matter. When people ask you how you hurt yourself, you have to admit you're roller skating also. No, no I say you should have seen the other guy. I'm going to blade. When someone asks how you got hurt, you always say you should see the other guy. Yeah, that's true. How'd you get that cool uh, scar? See the other guy. Um, my girlfriend's son has been using his scooter a lot. And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I just need to get a big razor scooter. <laughs> that needs to be the thing. Break your ankles with that thing. You break your ankles? Why? It's like you flip it around and it just smashes into your ankles. Yes. Why would I flip it around? Because you're being uh, sick on your scooter. It's How a- else are you going to impress with people in high school if you don't you roll do- one year? <laughs> I, I do work at a high school. It's like, hey, kids, watch this. I'm going to do a bunny hop. <laughs> I mean, like, oh man, that's awesome. I got to learn from him. He's got to teach me math or whatever. center hold on that can't be right we didn't take money from them did we chance unless somebody real decides to sponsor oh us. that's right this is fake <laughs> unless someone real decides to sponsor us this is boy meets world fever and i'm one of your hosts cameron and i'm your other host chance so chance are you centered no because this is a mistake and we're wrong <laughs> center is no so you may be confused. Why are they talking about the center? That's not the next episode of Boy Meets World. Well, All right, we're very off center this week. Chance made a boo boo. Just a just a small little boo boo. We took last week off and did not inform our guest <laughs> that we were an episode behind what we thought we were. So he watched cult fiction, and we're going to cover cult fiction. And then next week, we'll go back and talk about Security Guy. It's true. It's an Eric-centered story. He's not really important to this whole thing. Yeah, it has no bearing on what's happening right now. Yeah, so... It just says what happening, what's happening right now has no bearing on anything else. I think retrospectively, we might be able to apply some of the things we talk about next week onto Sean's character this week. But this is a Sean and Corey episode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sorry you're hearing these out of order. Uh, well, you're not hearing them out of order. You're hearing them as they happen. Mm-hmm. This is how we've recorded them. It's we true. just recorded them out of order. It's true. We've just, uh, I made a boo-boo. I did not think mm-hmm. to relay information. 
What we have here <laughs> is a failure to communicate. It's a failure for chance to communicate. <laughs> so, um, yes. so yeah, I am not centered. I'm feeling very. <laughs> I am very feeling very um, silly. I texted you like two hours before we started. Like, so I screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I was just expecting a calm evening at home. Chance comes over. We have a little chat. And then we have a guest that's here with us. But we're very happy that he's here with us. It's true. He is joining the Three Timers Club. It's true. Of guests on our show. If you ask me to name those, I can't. Um, one of them was the weenie episode. Ooh, good choice. Um, the other one was another one. It's not <laughs> important. Something in season three. When you sing him in, we'll ask him. Okay, that's a good point. But here he is. It's Terrace Deeds. Because it's Terrace Deeds. Terrace Deeds coming on our show. Boy Meets World Fever. It's what he's doing. It's good to know I got friends who will always podcast with me. Because it's Terrace Deeds. Woo! Welcome, Terrace. I wasn't on the Weenie episode. I thought you were. I was on Danger Boy. Oh, oh good choice. Remember radio episode. Yeah. Why do you think you're on the Weenie episode? What was your season three episode? Uh, fake Harley. Oh, Fake Harley. We're sorry. <laughs> I mean, you're only on three episodes to remember them. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's very Sean, Sean focused. Yeah. A couple of episodes. Yeah. yeah. You got some you got some Sean episodes in you. Some Sean love, yeah. Um yeah, so they, Terrace, are you centered? Um yes, because I thought we were during this episode all day. <laughs> Wait, well well we are. Things are going exactly as he expected them to. <laughs> Um, i've been on a cult like i've been listening to a lot of podcasts on cults over the last like two months while i've been working so i am so ready to talk cults oh good Um, i am very glad um i'm ready to talk cults as well i'm much more excited to cover this episode than um security guy i think security guy will be fine Mm -hmm. security guy's fine it's a different sort of serious ish episode yeah. Um, whereas I feel like Security Guy is more Alan Eric focused. Mm-hmm. And by like yeah. that, I mean that's all it is. Yeah. A couple um, more laughs in that one. We missed yeah. one. This was just kind of depressing. There's a bear in it. Yeah. There's a bear. Yeah. It's a TV bear. It's a TV bear. <laughs> it's TV's bear. So we have not seen, nor will we make a judgment on next week's episode. I mean, we have. Well, yes. <laughs> we haven't seen it for this reviewing. You know, <laughs> I am noticing. That I have not seen these episodes since I was a kid. I mean, I've seen them, but always in the background while I was doing something else. You never, like, paid a lot of attention? Yeah. The, my my opinions on this show and the episodes are changing drastically as I actually watch them and, like, look for details. Like, my my opinion on this very episode changed pretty dramatically. Well, maybe I feel like you weren't super hot on it. Or were you? No, I... I, I this is... This is one of those memorable episodes of Boone's World. I think there is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I expected it to be good. And I don't know that that has changed. But some of the, I don't know, some of the ways I think about this episode have changed. Because I actually, like, watched it and heard the words that the characters mm-hmm. were saying. Yeah, and I think it's just part of watching it a lot. Because, mm-hmm. like, you learn to speak the language of the show yeah. differently because you're watching it more carefully. And so you're kind of... S- paying attention to what they're doing and what they're not doing. Mm-hmm. And you start to think like, well, this is what they could be doing Yeah. instead. Um, which I don't know if that's necessarily a fun place to be always. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely a reason like the, 
I watched, I listened to a few rewatch podcasts before we did our show. And I think there's a reason why they're like, if you want to ruin a show for yourself, stop talking about rewatch or start doing a rewatch podcast. And I was was like, oh no, it wouldn't change my opinion. But it kind of has. I still love Boy Meets World. I don't think it's ever going to change. But I don't know. There's just, I, I haven't fully developed what the thoughts are. Mm-hmm. about how i think the sh- i think of the show differently now than i used to i'm still gonna say red reginald fairfield a lot i'm yes. still gonna say that's a bad animal man <laughs> all the pieces of it that have been in my life my whole somebody's life. got a bad case of the sads <laughs> i feel like even this week you said asked me if i was terribly terribly sad i it's true <laughs> i did i don't remember exactly why <laughs> But you did. Someone terribly, terribly sad. The one I used most, we haven't even gotten to because it's season six. Have a great day. Make a new friend. <laughs> I say that probably daily. I I, I say to this to my wife a lot. Taco. Taco. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good choice. You have to pick one. Uh, and I often, when I'm looking at something in the distance, think to myself, that farmhouse. There. there. <laughs> Yeah, so the show has not changed that much for me. Well, but it has just its its nostalgic factor in my life hasn't changed all that much. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, doing a rewatch podcast is weird. And that is maybe highlighted for me, at least by this episode and the quiz episode that we just watched more than any other. Uh-huh. We're just like, hold up. <laughs> This is dumb. <laughs> Actually, I still like this one. I, I, I know I like this up. episode. I, I don't think this one will change quality-wise for me. I just have some questions that we'll need to get to. And that's why we're here. Yes, I have like I never really thought about it too much, but there are things in this episode that just kind of feel shoehorned in. Yes. Yes. I think we were probably thinking of the same thing, and we will get there. <laughs> we will get there. Probably. I have some thoughts as well. I, too, have thoughts. Don't leave me out. Terrence, how have you been since the last time you were on? Good. Kind of busy with school, trying to get through it. Like, only four semesters left now. Nice. Just found out this week my wife's pregnant again. Ooh, congratulations. You heard it here first, everybody. Well, if some of my family listens to us, this will be the first time they heard about it. Oh, right. (laughs) If you haven't told people in two weeks, the secret's coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Just told my my mom and my stepdad tonight, but yeah, so excited. We just found out this last week. Boy or girl? What do you think? uh, I want a girl, but I'm feeling boy. Mm. Time will tell. Yep. That seems really wise, but it's also. I got a a boy already. What if it's twin boys? We've out a room in our house. Twin boys. The sequel to Boy. <laughs> boys <laughs> 2. Boys this two. time it's Christmas. <laughs> boys 2. This time I pick a favorite. <laughs> oh, but her mad just been busy. Congratulations. Thank um, you. Mazel tov. Do you say mazel tov? I don't know. When Jewish people get married, tov. yes. I'm a, not a Jewish person. As we know from Emily Gilmore, when you get married, you congratulate the groom and offer the bride best wishes. Mm-hmm. I do not. No, I don't know, know about babies. Anything good, about babies. Good luck to you. <laughs> First one is congratulations. Second one is good luck. After that, it's just like. Um, yeah, after the second one, it's pretty much all the same. You're just kind of paying attention to a lot of moving parts. Yeah, sure. Yeah, at a certain point. <laughs> sort of, it's just... He has two boys. He's the expert. Oh. Expert's a strong word. 
that you drew. I'm still alive, and they're still alive. Well, congratulations. Best wishes. Mazel tov. Good luck. All the expressions. All of, all of them. Yeah. Um, I did not get any news that big this week, so. Uh, me neither. No. Yeah, I've had a pretty good week. Um, my girlfriend has no cavities. Hey, <laughs> most humans have a couple. Well, uh, what? that's a good dad joke. See, you've got to double your dad jokes now. <laughs> you do. Um, my bursitis is flaring up again. I don't even know what that is. So your bursa is underneath the tendon that connects your shin bone to your kneecap. Ooh. And when it is, uh, you have bursitis, it's inflamed and it hurts real bad. Mm. And last time we recorded... It was hurting and I went to the doctor and got a steroid. And over the last week, it's felt good. But then I stopped taking it because I was out and it was done. And now it's starting to hurt again. So that's exciting. That is exciting. It's certainly something. Um, Never even knew that that existed until it was hurting. No, I didn't either. Um, Probably the biggest thing that happened to me in the last since we recorded with Terrace, is that at school, um, now, I because of some shenanigans and because of some requests and things, um, my schedule now includes two different film as lit classes. Ooh. So this week, I have watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Tomorrow War uh, on Amazon Prime with Chris Pratt. I heard that one was terrible. It's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. Uh, and uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I watch that almost daily, honestly, because <laughs> my youngest son absolutely loves it. Well, your youngest my son has just taste. got their costumes for Halloween, and they are both going to be Spider-Man. Are they going to be different Spider-Men? Mm-hmm. Nash went with Miles Morales. Good choice. He refers to him as Black Spider-Man because that costume is black, um, not because <laughs> of anything else. And then Nolan is going to be Peter Parker. And then I'm going to bust out my Peter B. Parker costume that I wore a couple of years ago. Let's have ourselves a little, little spider fan. Are you going to dress your wife as Spider-Gwen? I told her she needs to, but I don't think she's going to go for it. Oh, she can be Aunt May. <laughs> She'll be Spider-Ham. She'll be the spectacular What spider. if I build her a robot and she goes as Penny Parker? There you go. There you go. I'd have to build her a robot, though. Have your kids um, gotten into Shark Dog yet? Yes. Hate it. Our, you hate it? Our, yeah, my, I'm not a fan. My girlfriend's child does not like Shark Dog. However, he does like Cocoa Melon. Oh, that's and the most inane me, garbage. It makes me want to put a drill yeah. in my brain. Here's my advice to all the Cocoa Melon parents out there, and then we're going to get into the episode. <laughs> what you got to do. Is while that music's playing, you got to throw down your nastiest beatboxes over it and just do your most absolute wretched dance moves where the, when the kids are watching the TV and you're behind them just like, just want to eat my piece. I want to eat my piece. Uh, and they don't talk on that show enough about how the little boy has a magic flute that summons animals to bend his will. Interesting. They don't talk enough about anything on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse about how they have a predictive AI that knows exactly what they can need and makes them able to walk on things like clouds and thus they can control the weather and thus they could conquer the entire earth. Okay, toodles, settle down. I, I can't wait for the day when Mickey's like, okay, toodles, and toodles comes over and they're like, what do we need to put down the riot? That's right, AK-47s. Anyway. <laughs> it's a secret tool we're saving for later. We've lost the plot a little bit. No, we haven't. <laughs> um. This is an episode of a, our show, which is not Boy Meets World. You might be wondering, 
how we got here. And to you, I say it's Friday night. It's Friday night. And we're exhausted. And we have alcohol. And it's just, you know. A small amount of alcohol, but still. It's only 8%. (laughs) That's practically water. In olden times, all things you drank were alcoholic because you'd die otherwise. It's true. True. Because of waterborne pathogens, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Bacteria. It's true. Um, But yes, Cameron is right. This is a podcast about Boy Meets World. Mm -hmm. And And we've skipped. Also our tangents. We've leapfrogged over episode 420. Um. It'd be really nice if it lined up and that was our episode 69 it was about episode 420. And we could just do it all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, but it won't. It'd be, episode, numbers, it'll be like episode 65 or something. It'll know, be episode 65 or 66. Stupid. What's even the point? Um, <laughs> we failed as a podcast. We've gotten so close to greatness. <laughs> and just the numbers, the, mark. the numbers just didn't line up. No. I mean that. Um, but 421 is where we are today. Cult fiction. Mm-hmm. A play, I'm assuming, on the title Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie I embarrassingly have never seen. I've seen it once. It's fine. It's good. It's a Quentin Tarantino movie. That's about how much you can See, describe it. I've seen lots of Quentin Tarantino movies, and they're always fine. Same. I don't love them. Inglorious B-Words <laughs> is fine. It's fine. The Kill Bill yes. movies are okay. The first one I really like. The second one was all right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, just grip it and rip it there, Terrace. Just grip it and rip it. <laughs> go, go, go. Um, yeah, Quentin Tarantino. He's all right. Eh, yeah. But yes. Could take him or leave him. Weird guy. It is a play on Pulp Fiction, um, a movie I should see at some point, but I have not. Um, if you want to give us the synopsis of the episode? I do. Um, Turner confronts Sean about him not trying in school. Sean takes it way more personally than normal. And... Then a cute girl comes and is like, hey, join this cult with me because that guy was mean to you. And he's like, yeah, cool. And that seems like a reasonable thing to do. And then all of Sean's friends try to make him be like, no, no cults. Belief. And episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Sean's basically like, I have one more punch left on my punch card of joining things <laughs> that I probably shouldn't. So if I do that, I get a free sandwich. Oh, yes. He's like, I joined the mob. <laughs> Just to Did remember you, out there, everybody, don't join the mob. Don't do I've been approached three times this week to join the mob. <laughs> Did you guys ever question why this episode was made? Um, I guess not. I mean, they did a don't join the mob episode, so... This one well, makes a little more sense. I had to look it up. This It was aired on 425.97. Uh-huh. What happened on March 27th, 97? I wish it was 420.97. <laughs> <laughs> Kids these days. Is that the one where everyone died because they drank the Kool-Aid? That yep, that's the Jonestown Massacre. Oh, I thought that was in the 70s. No, that was the Manson Murders. Heaven's Gate was formed in the 70s, but they didn't do their mass suicide until 97. Oh, that's probably why then. Wasn't there one that like killed themselves over a comet in like 91 or something like that? That's 97. That was Heaven's Gate. Wait, is that the one we're talking about? There's, there's been many cults that worship comets and killed themselves, but Heaven's Gate was the big one that was like 60 people. When was Waco? Waco was 92. That might be the one I was thinking. Yeah. I knew there was one in the early 90s. But yeah, sure. I mean, I will give this episode this credit. Don't join a cult is more plausible than don't join the mob. (laughs) There's a lot more of those than there are mobs. (laughs) Yes. Um, That being said, still not a huge worry everyone has to do. Uh, Allison Mack 
of Smallville. We got to just throw <laughs> oh. her out there as we are all Smallville fans. Um, Shouldn't have joined the cult. <laughs> I still remember, like, I I followed her on the internet because she was like my giant high school crush. So of course I had to see what she was doing after Smallville, and then she starts talking about self help, and then she slowly disappears. Boom, sex cult. Yeah, boom, sex cult. Like it it happens. (laughs) Boom, branding women (laughs) with her initials. It's a natural progression. Self help. Smallville. Self help. Branding women with your initials in a sex cult. (laughs) Yep. And being charged. I don't know how we didn't see it coming, honestly. Now two people that I loved in my childhood are are convicted of child or of of people trafficking. R. Kelly and Allison Allison Mack. You guys still I'm still conflicted when I watch Smallville these days. I'm not. I mean, she wasn't in the cult then, and cults are insidious. Yes. They're like, very, they prey on victim and vulnerable people, which we'll get to in this episode. Yeah, we need to get to it. Yeah. <sighs> so like Chance said, the episode starts with Turner's passing back some papers. And he's like, is this a FERPA violation? Probably. <laughs> Shows a FERPA violation. Yes. Oh, because yeah. he's like, <laughs> right out the bat. Topanga, good. Good. Not bad. Not bad. 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 Yeah. You should, I mean, you shouldn't do that. Just kind of bad in general. You don't want to shame people. Yeah. And their grades are like private information it's not anyone else's business but maybe everyone in the class got an a plus and he got an a minus mm, probably that <laughs> i know relative it was like a you, test. all you had to write was the house has wheels on it and you would have gotten an a on this paper he wrote the house doesn't have wheels. so you've got an a minus contrarian no um yeah it wasn't cool that he called that out in the middle of class yeah the rest of this it's very innocuous. Uh-huh. We're just like talking to him. He's like, have you thought about your future? Mm-hmm. Are you going to college? He's like, yeah, I'm going to college. I'm going to go to Hawaii. I figure I have a better spot <laughs> out of the country. <laughs> true. And good old Corey's got his back. He's like, you know, the humidity in Hawaii is just going to make my hair go. <laughs> <laughs> and then Topanga's like, I'm going to, was it Penn State? Yeah. She said, he's like, and I'm going where she goes. Mm-hmm. No, surprised. Really surprised. <laughs> no surprise there. Um, so yeah, they're kind it, of talking. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, and then Corey and Topanga have her unbelievably cringy interaction. Yes. <laughs> Study hall, make out, Topanga. Yeah, she's Corey. been first in these last few episodes. Yeah, I, I mean, at least they gave Topanga something to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it was just make out with Corey, but like, and at the end, she's there. Yeah. yeah. I guess she has like three lines in this episode, which is better than normal. Not mm-hmm. as better as good as some. Um, better than worse than others. Yes. Um, yeah, but Turner's talking with Sean, just like I'm one of the few people that care about you. Like, which feels a little harsh, but also just kind of honest. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not sure what he's getting at. Yeah, I'm not sure what Turner's getting at. With he could have whole... just said like, "I care about you." Yeah, listen to me. Like, you know that I do because we have a history. Yeah. He's kind of talking about talking about Sean's support system and how he's kind of alienating his support systems by blowing off Turner. Yeah. Because he doesn't. I'm just curious, when you guys were watching, did you like notice as soon as like Sherry starts creeping in the background of the conversation? Mm-hmm. Her yeah, head like pops bit. in like halfway through it. Yeah, she's she's looking out. Yeah. They have one person from the center in every classroom to hear who's getting yelled at by their teachers. Yeah. Who's being <laughs> belittled? Who's who can we corrupt with our hugs? Who can we center? 
Um, yeah, and I don't know. This this whole thing, this is what I mean about this episode. Because this whole thing is trying to get somewhere. And he needs to get there very fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 22 minutes. Yeah. yeah, and so, like, in a lot of ways I can forgive it. But in a lot of ways, like, Turner is saying some very generic platitudes. And with the whole, like, there's a handful of people who really care about you. And I think what they're trying to say there is, like, oh, you just wanted to get away from me when I was talking to you about your future when you said bell. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get away from the handful of people who really care about you. But you have to, like, really be paying attention and trying to justify things to give it that read. Yeah. Like, it just mm-hmm. kind of comes out of nowhere if you're not. Yeah, definitely. Just kind of off putting. Turner could sense something dangerous in his future. <laughs> it's like, I only have so much time left. <laughs> I can hear my contract going away in the distance. Yeah. <laughs> not sure why i'm still in this show i was kind of the second main character in season two and here now, i am now now i do nothing uh <laughs> he deserved better yes we there will be uh in the next few weeks a in memoriam of mr turner turner episode that we're gonna do get ready everyone there's Set gonna be a song two. turn around i will remember you Mr. Turner was only 26 years old when he passed. Will you remember me? Don't think about the fact that he comes back in Girl Meets World. That's not really him. It's a doppelganger. <laughs> uh, if I sang anymore, we were going to get sued. So yeah. Sure. You sounded exactly like Sarah McLaughlin. I think so, right? I have no idea. It's Sarah McLaughlin, right? Because she's the one who always does the commercials. Like, this is a panda bear. Panda bears are That's sad. the arms of the angels. That's a different song. Uh, this is the same song. It's the exact same. <laughs> song. It's all the same song. Sort of a low key, saddish song sung by a woman. They're all the same. They're ruined by same. animal it's commercials. Just Adele. <laughs> no, it's not Adele. That would sound good. Like Adele's new song, really boring, but she sounds great. Classic. Never heard it. I haven't heard it yet. Um, I will soon. Yeah, but Sean and Turner kind of getting into it and sean's like i'm done mm-hmm. and then sherry kind of creeps in like man he just was really riding your case yeah. and judging you so hard um and she's like oh, we go get coffee and i won't there'll be no judgment and Sean's just like i like girls and no judgment yeah <laughs> which is funny and yes. yeah sean is very charming in this scene in the next um he she says something like getting on Turner's getting on your case. He's like, you think he was getting on my case? It's like, he embarrassed you in front of everybody. He's like, yeah, I didn't like that. Which you shouldn't have, Sean. That mm-hmm. wasn't the right That's choice. No. Um, in actual yeah. cults, this is actually a technique they use to recruit people called flirty fishing, where they make attractive girls go flirt with people to recruit them into the cult. I mean, I don't doubt it. It was originally kind of coined with the children of God cult in the Mo letters which were short for Moses letters and which the cult leader depicted himself as a tiger telling people how to be better people. Hmm. I want to be a tiger. The tiger was talking to me. I just might listen. <laughs> uh, not this man. He is so crazy. His name was David Berg. David and he Berg. ended up, and he ended up being a pedophile. So just, uh, I was about to say come on the show, but now you can't come on the show. You're on the forever band list with Adam Levine and the KKK. David Berg. On that list? I think there's one more. I think the Paul brothers. Yeah. Yes. What a list. <laughs> David Berg's also dead, and he changed his name to Moses near the end of his cult. Well, David Berg can't come. Neither can any other cult leader. You're all Mac, Maybe if you changed your life around. No. Nope. Maybe love a good redemption story. Um. Yeah. She's like totally just feeding him this stuff to like 
instantly you see like kind of his thinking start to shift. Or he's yeah. just like, this is a normal interaction that I just had with Turner. Uh-huh. She's like, man, he was really just being treating me so harsh. He's like, I guess he was. Mm-hmm. Like everything she's saying, she's like kind of flipping it a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, and again, this is just because we've got 22 minutes, and so we're like at a breakneck pace. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. telling, but it's it's a real thing. But I know cults do, and really, like everyone from like Christians to politicians do it. To the infomercials, of like, like yeah, it's your like, life is bad. This is a thing that will make your life good. Yeah, but it's yeah. like tell the truth, but in a slightly skewed way so that you can like get them that one degree off and then down the line you've got a multiple degrees off yeah one thing i found really interesting about this episode is how it actually progresses how a real person is indoctrinated into a cult it it, it does it in two days instead of you know two weeks or month or a year Mm -hmm. so it seems very fast but yeah one of the big things with cults is the big thing is they do is they fill a need in your life and like the whole beginning scene of this episode is turner basically saying Sean, you have this hole in your life. You don't have a support system and you're isolating people around you. So then Sherry comes in and is like, oh, I see this vulnerability in you. I have this way to fix it. And she brings him into her web. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like it's a vulnerability or something that is genuinely lacking from his life. Mm -hmm. Because like he's had a traumatic childhood, but it's like he's not aware of that. But it's like by pointing it out and then exploiting that. Mm-hmm. is how they're able to yeah. like draw him in so and she instantly goes into like trying to make his support system his enemies by like pitting turner as a villain which is how cults isolate you from people who care about you is turning your viewpoint of them as enemies which happens a lot in this episode yeah so i've got here a eight steps to cult induction let's check them off the list the first one identify a potential recruit check Mm -hmm. check she's peering around that corner persuade the recruit to walk into the web Hmm. done okay in the web in the center of the web the next step is called love bombing Mm -hmm. Uh, a cascade of affection support approval pouring out from other recruits all right let's pause right there and we'll come back to it once we get to the love bombing part of the episode Oh, this this step actually says a woman born into David Berg's Children of God recalls this technique as a wave of peace and love. A wave of pure love and energy. Mm-hmm. Oh, this organization is famous for flirty fishing, a form of evangelical prostitution. That's the one that you were just talking about. <laughs> I know. Um, it's a super depressing cult. They don't call themselves a cult and get mad at you when you call it a cult. I think that's pretty textbook something some i really okay. like being called cults so the next episode they get to the next scene they go to the center oh i said episode i'm very tired yeah they go to the center <laughs> which is spelled with an re in the british okay. form i'm assuming yes i just have a question about the decorations in this room does it not look like they got like a cult pack of magnets for the fridge with fancy words and just pasted them around chubby's <laughs> fulfillment <laughs> wisdom yeah serenity i was trying to figure out what the set was and it doesn't have the stairs but is it just chubbies it's probably everything's chubbies. chubbies it's always chubbies like they would have had to have taken out the back wall of chubbies and put in a new back wall but they could have just filled in between where the where the stair like the staircase entrance they could have just filled that in i guess mm-hmm. and then like put a couch because I was looking at this set and I'm like, I don't think this is like Feeney's house. Where it's just completely new. Where it's completely new. Yeah. 
but I also can't figure out what it is. It's like when they redid Chubbies into like the speakeasy for poem night. It kind of reminded me of that set. Could have been. It could have been. It's true. Who knows? Yes. They're love bombing Sean at the center though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they all are hugs. like <laughs> this episode, whether correctly or incorrectly i'm not sure it just gives them all a monotone like robotic voice they're like sherry sean mm-hmm. i know they had to make sure you really knew these people were a little off or yeah. four were like brainwashed i was actually yes. very impressed that sean picked up on what was going on <laughs> yeah yeah here in a second he's <laughs> like oh Oh, this is a cult. Chance, what's your review on this episode? Chance, I think your review points on this episode are really good. See, that's Chance, actually, what are you reading? So this is actually a really important point that we're going to have to get to. But what you're, you're, you're doing right here, it's, it's very important. Good observation, Chance. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I will now do whatever you say. Um, so the next God. two steps are called love bombing and then sell, sell, sell. The recruit must see smiling, friendly, happy people, a living advertisement. So I think both of those are in this scene because you see yes. people like playing pinball and hanging out and talking and mm-hmm. hugging, Just chatting on couches, hugging each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like real youth group vibes. <laughs> it's real youth group vibes. Oh my God. Takes me back to Assembly of God. It takes me back to Assembly of God. Okay. Oh, I thought you had another, another yeah, step. Yeah, I was waiting. Yeah, there's you know, definitely... I don't think... The next step is tough love. I don't know that we ever get to that step. Not really. No. We get a lot of brainwashing of indoctrines. That's about where so, it happens. Well, we might actually get some tough love. We'll get there. I'm going to do the next step. It's tough love, the um, taking away of autonomy, removing independence. Um, part of that's just like moving in. Yeah. Yeah. And then and not being able to cope without help. Yeah. So I'll, I'm just going to read these and then we can see if they fit into the episode later. But sixth step is renouncing loved ones. Step seven is um, the introduction of new core beliefs. And then the final step is zero tolerance or cl- criticism of the organization. Yeah. I feel like a lot of those are there. Yeah. I think this episode does a really good job. Like whoever wrote it did a tiny bit of research i feel like they probably just found the list like that because they're like well, we got to do an anti-cult episode let's just look up how it works and we'll just walk through yeah really quick and who would be a good person for that sean, sean. Corey's already found his identity in season two so who do we have left <laughs> we can't do it again 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 <laughs> again 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 you know ever since we were in eighth grade three years ago i was wondering who i was well, four, four four years ago of course yes. No, and don't forget two years. What? <laughs> Judge Lamb. <laughs> Judge Turner Lamb. very much says they're in their junior year. Yes, but mm-hmm. they also say that they are recently turned 16. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And also, if you look at the whiteboard behind Turner, midterms are coming up, yet this is the second to last episode of the season. It's true. That's true. <laughs> Obviously, the timeline collapsing. I actually think that that one is explainable because I was actually in a classroom today and it still said, like, welcome students, we're going to have a great year. Because that <laughs> teacher just didn't want to write. The st- teacher was just like, I don't use the whiteboard anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, so I'm jumping ahead to Mr. Mac here, and I want to get your guys' opinion. Is the servant of your guys' parallel dimensions, hell dimensions, recruiting new citizens to come back with him? 
I don't think so. I think it's too good of a human indoctrination thing. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't think he is a uh, Eileen, Irene, Irene, or a Judge Lamb, or a Judge Lamb. And I don't. But he's don't, searching for lost souls and taking them away from her family. I mean, this I is think true. Judge Lamb's in a celebrity room. <laughs> he could be. <laughs> That's possible. Um, maybe he's friends with them. I don't know, but but we wouldn't really put him as a hell dimension leader unless we really needed him to be mm-hmm. for something he's not, later he's, on. He's not a leader. He's and I don't like uh, him. who's the guy who delivers people across the river of sticks. He's Karen. Karen. <laughs> yes. We just we have no reason for him to be supernatural. I want him to be though, <laughs> which is funny because he's probably on the outside the most supernatural seeming. <laughs> But instead, we picked the lonely diner worker and the mysterious roadside hanging judge. <laughs> he makes sense. I was going to say, he makes balloon animals, makes nooses. There's no ATM. <laughs> There's no ATM. It's, he presides over a court that has no rules. Yes, and he has authority over time and space. Yes, he, he has authority to collapse two years into one year. Yes. Um, he doesn't need a recruiter. He's too powerful. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe in, in hindsight, he will become such. Mm-hmm. But right now, yeah, I can actually just, think of a reason why he may eventually become such. But we'll get there. All in due time. All in due time. Um, yeah, you so got to keep comes, those listeners hooked. Yeah. Come back for more. Dear <laughs> Um, he comes out and then starting the hugs and Sherry's like, he's the most amazing person I've ever met. And he like gives her a hug and he's talking with Sean, saying his name a lot. Yes. So this is very important because this is actually a thing that they will teach you in business. This is the thing they will teach you in evangelism. And this is a thing that they will teach you in just like counseling things as well. Yes. Saying someone's name. Most people do not feel seen. Mostly because most people aren't as seen as they would like to be. I mean, as a retail worker, people just become a great blob. Like yep. unless someone sticks out to you, I have Some no idea. Person. I have no idea. Like if you were like, hey, who did you check out at this time? I'm like, I don't know. Some gray blob. <laughs> yep. Um, like as a retail worker, that's true. And like most people just don't feel seen. So by repeating people's names, especially today, you really start making them think like, oh, this person cares about. I know you like, because I know your name, I know you. Cause even like, I don't say your name. I I don't know the last time I said your name, Cameron. You just did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Chance. And also when you say people's name, it draws your attention. And so you force their mind to quit wandering and pay attention to you also. So it's a way to get attention back on you. That's why people who write really crappy dating books recommend it to manipulate women. Pick up artists. Yep. Yeah. And also, and also people get really uncomfortable when you say their names over and over again. So it creates a power dynamic too, where you kind of feel vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you make off them, center. You can make them uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah. Off center to become, so he can center you later. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So this is actually, it's actually a pretty insidious and real, uh, a real technique, not just for cults, but like for In anything, but anything. for a lot of things like saving for manipulation. Names. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, saying people's names over and over again. Uh, it, yeah, it's powerful. So when he was doing that, I was like, oh, I know what you're doing. Like, yeah, I've studied this. Maybe he's a wizard and he can say Sean's true name. 
<laughs> thus having control over him. Exactly. Does he know Corey's real name? No. No, he doesn't. Because no one knows Corey's real name until the final episode. No. Not even Topanga. Yeah, it's in the final scene of the final episode. Yeah, can't say I don't even now. think his parents know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... He's like, in my heart of hearts, this is my name. This is my true name written on a stone. <laughs> and that stone is my heart. Mr. Matthews. Um, yeah, but like this scene does a really good job, like with Sherry talking to Sean and indoctrinating him just with minor like belief systems. Like it's, uh, everyone needs love in their life and starts painting as people who look at them and say negative things. They're judging God, but we're judges said so much on this episode, but that's how they paint outsiders as enemies is everyone judges them because they don't understand well yeah so this is another thing that i think they do well and the so the two things that i think they really just hit the nail on the head and one one of these here in a second the one i'm about to talk about is very obvious even in like our modern political climate um but that is like the you are on the outside but you are right because you are outside or like the narrow path identity or the persecution bias. Mm -hmm. Like you are, you are off from whatever everyone says, but you are right because you are the one who is off. People judge you, but you do not judge other people. You, if you are here and you are in the narrow path, you are untouchable. It is others who judge you. It is Mm -hmm. not them who judge you. And this is, kind of culminated when he says later to Turner, like I'm centered, you're not. End of story. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like you're an outsider, I'm an insider. Yeah. Well actually or I think you're it's an the, insider and I'm an outsider. Yeah. But the outsider is it's inherently the right, right. Using yeah. biblical terms, like I said, it's the narrow path like mentality of like mm-hmm. the gate it, the gate to that leads to destruction is the like whatever side is the good side is the side that I'm on. Yeah. And you're just not. That's it. The reason you disagree with me is because you judge me. Not because you have any validity or rightness. Mm -hmm. And I think you can see this a lot in the evangelical right in the country right now. Wherever you fall on the political spectrum, whatever. But I just do think there's a lot of like, oh, all of the peer-reviewed science says that vaccines are good and work. Well, of course they do because... They're in the pocket of whoever, whoever. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... It, 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 you know, you start jumping through all these hoops. Well, they just serve the pharmaceutical companies who serve the blah, 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 who serve the new world order. And it's like, because you can't be right because I'm on the narrow path. I am persecuted for my beliefs. Thus, I am right. Yes. Chance, do you remember in high school getting really mad at me and pushing me against a wall because I wasn't a Republican? I don't. <laughs> I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. What interesting lives we planned. It's true. Probably pretty typical lives. Of- and you got really mad at me over the Da Vinci Code once also. Why would I get mad at you really over liked Da Vinci it? Code? Was he a big damn brown head? I know no, nothing he, about He wasn't him. reading it, but I was explaining the story to him and saying how that's the Holy Grail, that V between Jesus and whatever the other person next to him is. Well, I probably thought that was stupid, but I still... Yeah, you did. And you got I, frustrated because I was arguing you with you about it. Again. I probably did get mad at that just because I still think that is insanely stupid. Oh, it is. Um, but yes, uh, no, I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. Chance um, abused me in my childhood. 
I did. That's that's actually a true story. Hurt people hurt people, Terrace. It's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why I was a bit of a bully. But <laughs> most people are that way. But yeah. it doesn't change the fact that I made choices to exert power over people. Ah. Got better as time went on. Yes. It's amazing what happens when you realize that, hey, you need help that's not in your life right now. It's true. Um, There's this hole inside of you that everyone sees. (laughs) And then you find somebody to center you. (laughs) It's true. Actually, I indoctrinated you into a cult. You just don't know it. Eh, probably. Were you indoctrinated me into a cult? I'm not sure. Someone was indoctrinated. Some we indoctrinated each other into different cults. And now we're in different cults <laughs> in each other's formal. It's kind of weird. It's true. Oh no, I mainly joined cults for the hugs. I mean, in a lot of ways, in high school, I did join cults for hugs. Yeah, just honest opinion of our past life. Assembly of God was a little cultish, wasn't it? I mean, most evangelical churches kind of are. As 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 I am now, yes. I mean, I definitely originally went to the Assembly of God Church in our town because I liked a girl. Yes, and stayed same. because I liked different girls. <laughs> Just so many girls. It's true. I went there because they had activities for us to do, and because we weren't drinking, so we needed something to do on the weekends. So staying up all night playing Halo and Risk was a fun alternative. It's true. It's true. That sounds fun. Oh, staying up all night sounds like the worst possible thing. Well, now, but yeah. other things do sound fun. <laughs> yeah, we, we. I mean, we had some definitely we had some definitely fun times at that church. Yeah, um, and I still think one of the handful of people who really loved me was the first youth pastor that they fired because he was too young. But his name's um, sort of a T, right? Yeah, his name was Thad. Thad he was a, yes. like a six five, four hundred pound linebacker dude. But, like, with the heart of a child. Yeah. And the voice of an angel. I remember I don't know. And the dancing feet of Fred Astaire. Um, I don't know this man. I have no idea. But I like this character I've created. (laughs) It's true. Um, He was ginger. (laughs) There's a hole in that soul. Yeah. Yeah. So then we kind of cut to Sean just kind of like, uh, this is a cult. This is, this is a cult. I don't know about this. But then we cut instantly where he's like in it. Yeah. Like Corey comes and sees him. And Sean comes up and gives him a hug. And Corey's like, kind of like, no. Gay panic. But before we, yes, gay panic. But before we get there, the show is very self aware of how over the top obvious they're being about the cult and nature. Even Sean picks up on it. Well, and even Sean picks up on it. But then Mr. Mac doesn't deny. He's like, and later <laughs> on, the whole celebrity room thing, like they're kind of poking fun at the fact that they know this is over the top, like mm-hmm. the show writers, um, which actually makes kind of the speed at which this works a little more palatable believable. for me or not believable but understandable yeah like it's like they know that they're bending <laughs> things here yeah yeah they know they're being silly um and but they're trying to do a thing and they're trying to do it really fast so want to hear about like my favorite cult that like is it more silly than the center sure it's it. called urnarius and they believe that everything is put in that has been put into fiction is in fact real but probably in a parallel dimension so they believe star wars is real well but i believe that too so it was yeah. a long time ago and far kind away. of far away <laughs> yeah it was, it was a, it was a hop skip and a jump yeah i Unarius. mean if- you believe in like uh, infinite universes mm-hmm. kind of theory. That's not far fetched. It's true. 
Um, there actually, I believe there's a book somewhere, like a, a fiction book that I may have read at some point because it's just, I'm really getting some deja vu here, but a book about a, like a guy who realizes that all written fiction is just people seeing into alternate dimensions and like writing down what happens and one of the characters that he's writing about becomes like self-aware that it's happening and he's so and he like they can start communicating across dimension lines through his writing or tower huh dark tower no it's not dark tower okay yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> but th- that concept is definitely in a in a book somewhere yeah but it's weird to structure a belief system around it yeah i'd agree with that <laughs> i know it's literally like the epitome of like we made this up <laughs> we made this up but we didn't because nothing was made up so we said <laughs> believe us believe it believe it believe it is real yeah all anime is real. That means Gundam is real. Gundam, Gundam is, real. is real. Full Metal Alchemist, real. I never watched it. Really? Yeah. My Hero Academia, real. Oh. Sailor Moon, you better believe it. Mm-hmm. I've watched. I watched a lot more anime in high school than I ever have in my adult life. Yeah, kind of. Same here. I, I watched I, Full Metal, Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Champloo, but I haven't dove too deep. Ooh, Cowboy Bebop is on Netflix now. Oh. And they're making the live action version, mm-hmm. which looks like it could be okay. Famous last words. Famous last words. <laughs> uh, um, Death note. But anyway, other than anime, um, yeah. So next is Chubbies. Chubbies. Um, Always Chubbies. Sean or Corey comes to see Sean, who is studying with three girls. How many girls? Hello, three girls. Hello. Three girls. <laughs> And yeah, and then we get gay panic. Mm-hmm. Sean hugs Corey, and Corey's like, "No, ew, gross, ew, gross." Yeah, we do this all the time, like, but why in public? Actually, yeah, in previous episodes, they're not like unknown to touch. Uh-huh. <laughs> not sure what linger in their glances at each other across the telephone lines. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Too. Um, um, yeah, he's like, "Are you centered, Corey? <laughs> Obviously not, like you." Hello, three girls. Ah. <laughs> 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 stupid stupid line uh-huh. and yes. he's like he's like no 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 it's not like that we're just studying together you're helping me study <laughs> yeah and this is where it kind of gets weird yeah it's just yeah. like they're trying to make it about something that it's not really about yeah and, and i think we're all kind of thinking the same thing but it, sean cory Sean, what do you believe in uh-huh. yes like what does that even mean what is that what are you talking about Corey? like and this is the thing i never realized about this episode what are you talking about Corey? yes like, why what? does god have a place to this episode well but it's not even god like it's not it's not like they're trying to convert him to some religion or mm-hmm. to christianity yeah it's like it's it's this vague concept of like sort of belief. theism but not even just like quote unquote belief. Yeah. But it's like it doesn't really matter. It was like, where do you belong? Mm-hmm. Belonging would be a really great yes, term like, to work with. Or who, who do you are, believe in? Yes. Mm-hmm. Who are the people in your life? Who do you hold close to you and who do you belong to and who belongs yeah. to you? A, yes. a great end to this episode would be like I believe in Corey and Turner because they have never strayed from their dedication to me. Yes. Or something. Which he kind of does in his ending monologue. He mentions all the people. Sort of, yeah. He like centers it around God. Yeah. But it's like. But not like any specific. Yeah. Just. (laughs) 
It's just like believing God in question mark. And like if if Corey was just asking this question because he's curious and he thinks the center is like a church or something, that'd be yeah. thing. Like most cults are up. based around worship of some kind of deity, but they don't really mention that at the center that they believe in the hell dimension gods like some do. Maybe they worship Judge Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a center. The center is Hmm. The speed trap. Life is a speed trap unless you are in the center. Ooh. And the speed is around. (laughs) I love it. The center is carpool lane and you can go faster. Yeah. I'm glad this was the question for you both as well because I was like, like, where did that come from? Where is this question? Yes. Like, and if Corey was like, well, you're in this new religion and Sean's like, it's not a religion. And then then they drop it. I'm fine with this line. But this idea of like, what does Sean believe in comes up through. Three more times. Yes. And and Feeney even mentions, like, I'm all about your search for spirituality. It's like, that's not really what's happening. No. No, He's sensing a need to get in his life to fill. Mm -hmm. To what? He's he's, like a genuine need that he needs yes, to fill. Yes, he has yeah. a tangible need that he needs to get filled because he feels like he's isolated and he's different than the people around him. Yeah, which he kind of is. Which he kind of is, but yes. it's just like further yeah. exacerbated by Sherry being like, hey, you're empty inside. <laughs> oh, you, him talking either way? That's because you're flawed and broken and empty inside. Yeah, he's so he's like, oh, that. I'm flawed and broken and empty inside. He's judging me for that. Yeah, uh, that She's exactly right. I'm beyond the Twinkie. I have this perceived need, which is a genuine need, like connection, belonging, community. Like that's something that people are are made Mm -hmm. to have, um, and that like that we exist better together somehow. Yeah, (laughs) at least with some people, um, than we do apart, and so we do need people. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean like capital B belief. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and it's just. I don't know. It's so odd. He's like, why do you why do you feel the need to believe in this place? It's like, what are you yeah. talking about? Wouldn't the question be like, why does being here make you feel more accepted than being in my house? And yes. I feel like Sean's answer is really good if they let that continue. He's like, what do you believe in, Corey? You believe in a mom and a dad and a house? Mm-hmm. Like things that are always there. It's like, that's what you believe in. Like, cause that's what you experience. Like, I'm not meaning like spiritual beliefs. I'm meaning like your life experience. You can depend upon these things because that's what you have. And I that's, that, you, you believe in the structure of your family that you grew up in. That's not the same as mine. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I can't believe in those things because I didn't have them. And like, mm-hmm. I can see that it's like, to some extent, fake or like that it doesn't exist the same way for everyone. Yeah. So I feel like Sean's response there is really good. But then again, the episode doesn't speak that language. Yeah, the it, doesn't, the time. it doesn't let it go there. Yeah. In this scene, we also see Sean just start spouting rhetoric and cult words back to them. It's like, the length of a journey has nothing to do with its ultimate value, Sean. Yeah, but... <laughs> That is part of the eight steps that we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Acceptance. Well, yeah, acceptance, but also that's part of pushing back loved ones. Yes, Chance, it is. Good, Good observation, Chance. You've you've given you've given perceived truth to this person, and when your loved ones don't share it, you can. Yeah, it gives you license to. Push them push away. Away. Like, it gives you a chance to learn a new doctrine. That was very clever. You said my name without even saying my name. <laughs> I took the chance. My whole life. <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, so we get this scene that ends with this 
this talk about belief and Sean saying like, you should come check us out sometime. And then he goes to, and talks to Turner. Well, yeah, as you talk to all teachers sitting on desks in the middle of a classroom. Is this even when that happens? Yes. yes. That's the next scene. I thought it was when uh, Eric and Corey showed up. No, no. There's a there's a scene talking to Turner in between, be- it, which is a very important scene mm-hmm. because true, yeah. it ex- to me it explains why Sean flips on a dime in the next scene. Yes, Sean Sean does a really big flip, and if you if you take out this scene, it doesn't make any sense. Take out the Turner scene. Yeah. So he sits down with Turner and Turner's like, why are you at this center? Why do you feel you need to be a part of this? Yes, he did a very good job asking open-ended questions and having a good conversation with Sean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and Sean's like, no, can't talk to you because you're as judgmental as every person in my life. Um, which, again, that whole pushing away loved mm-hmm. ones. And he's like, you're the mm-hmm. one making a judgment. Yeah, that right I'm now. not going to understand or I'm not going to mm-hmm. listen. Um, which kind of falls into the eighth step as well which is like the place is above criticism like anything that would go against the place mm-hmm. is judgment is judgment well just um, like judge lamb does just like judge lamb does exactly he's the only <laughs> one allowed to judge <laughs> only yes. judge lamb may judge may judge um, lamb literally judge everyone else is judging against everybody so <laughs> everybody judge but no no one's allowed except judge lamb mm-hmm um yeah so like he asks some really good open questions and then like the 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 moment for me is when sean goes like i'm centered you're not end of story and it it seems to me like someone saying like oh i don't need the vaccine like just relating it to today i'm saying it sounds to me like someone saying like i don't need the vaccine like god gave me an immune system well god also gave doctors the knowledge to make vaccines then god gave us covid we don't talk about that um, <laughs> um and then being like well i have the truth of god and you don't mm-hmm. it's like you well okay yeah poop on me yeah. and then turner just turns heel and starts attacking his beliefs which is like the number one thing you don't do to somebody in that situation yeah but i think i think turner senses that sean is holding something back yeah And he like goes off on him about it, but it makes Sean open up to be about like the whole, I don't know who I am thing. No, it's very human of uh, Turner to do this, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it, Mm -hmm. it's not the best thing, but it's what most people would do in that situation. Like you see that from all the characters that are kind of on the outside of sort of the cold, like Alan. Yeah. Same way. Feeny. Oh, Alan's the worst, (laughs) but also I really like no, no, I like Alan too. I, I'm just like you're. I not, think what all of the adults like responses to this were very real and not all correct, but people in these situations don't do the correct thing. Yeah, I'm not saying like Alan is not enjoyable in this episode. I'm just saying like Alan, you're not helping anyone here. Like I'm nothing, against nothing you're doing is helping. <laughs> I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> But speaking of enjoyable, did anybody find in this next scene that Eric was not necessary in this episode and should have just never been there? Yes. Yeah, and have they not learned if you need something done right, you don't send Eric? <laughs> well, Corey probably just felt like he shouldn't go alone. And yeah. like they could have sent him with a turnip or you know, Topanga. I was trying to think of a reason why Topanga wouldn't be there. My only thought was Topanga would be the hottest person in the room, so they would all instantly start worshiping her, and that's not what we want. Yeah, <laughs> she gets to go to the celebrity room. Yeah, she would yes. get to go to the celebrity room. Um, so yeah, but 
I don't know. The scene with Turner, I think, is really good. Like you said, he reacts realistically. Um, but the like attacking his beliefs is what I think leads to when Corey and Eric get there, Sh- Sean being like, Corey, you shouldn't be here. Where earlier he said, you should check us out. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, I'm done being attacked for today. (laughs) Uh I don't have the energy to deal with this. Because if you just take the two scenes without the one in the middle, it's like, he's like, come check us out. The transition would give you whiplash if you didn't have that middle scene. Yeah. So it actually made perfect sense to me why. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing is every time Corey meets anybody in the cult, (laughs) Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of relating Trekkies to cultists which is now my favorite thing ever because we've evolved past the idea that like geeks are small cults of fandom but i would go with most most cults believe in aliens and believe in like extraterrestrial things and he's just thinking they're aliens that could be too too. that's how you communicate with aliens you just just, do this i don't know i don't watch star trek you're wrong then but that's okay that's okay. I'm okay with being wrong. Like I'm centered. You're not. Yeah, it's it's Nightcrawler. Ah, oh, dang it. The ultimate defense. <laughs> End of discussion. It's like in Dragon Ball, how Goku just stands there. Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, it's so where he's just he literally just... standing there, kind of his arms, and he's like, he's perfectly defended. <laughs> I couldn't land a single hit on him if I tried. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, but they, they're walking in, and Eric is just like fakes and charlatans. I'll say, which one of you nut jobs validates parking? <laughs> yes. And uh, one of the girls comes up, and she's like, "Hello, I'm whoever I am." He just pulls his wallet out. Here's my money. Where's the room? <laughs> and she's my soul like, is missing the shades of blue and yellow. <laughs> Where's maroon? Where's Maroon? My new nut job name is Sunshine Fortune, Sunflower Fortunato. Yes. Eric, Eric adds some much needed humor yeah, here. Yeah, you need a little bit of love. But yeah. you're right. He is super, super, superfluous. Superfluous. Apparently, with 8% alcohol, I cannot say words. Superfluous. He is superfluous. Sunflower Fortunato. Fortunato. Um, and he's just in it for the hugs. But Corey's like, oh, you belong here and I don't. He's like, yeah, you have something to believe in. Which, again, we get to this, like, what are you talking about? What What is Corey's belief? I mean, from Sean's perspective, he has something to believe in. And that is, like, a stable home life. Yes. Yeah. He's already established but, what he knows Corey really believes in. And that's, like, the stability that he has that Sean doesn't have. But in a lot of ways, I <sighs> I don't know, because that doesn't work for me because Sean also has Corey's stable family. <laughs> like, they've never been unstable for him. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, you're right. You're right. The whole you're welcome here anytime. A week, A week later. later. Get out. Yeah, get your own orange juice. Yeah. Um, we'll just write your name on everything. So One I of guess, them, like my favorite, what? my favorite tiny detail in all these scenes is as soon as the confrontations start happening, uh, the girls come up and like put their hands on Sean and comfort her. Like as soon as like anything gets heated, it's either Mr. Mac or the girls come up to Sean and kind of like we're here for you. Mm-hmm. It's like we're the ones on your side. Yes, yeah. he's the one who's not united yeah. front. United from a mind link, if you will. Mm-hmm. He's just like yes, or brainwashing. Yeah, Corey's talking to him about how Mr. Mac is like not this great guy, and he's just like manipulating you. And when you turn around, he's going to be there. Allow me to demonstrate. <laughs> he's like standing right behind. 
Yeah. And and he makes some funny jokes like Mr. Max, like, you're here to see that Sean is well taken care of. Okay, that is he is very powerful. <laughs> that is the slickest guy I've ever seen. Yeah. Um yeah. And then, and then they leave with having a special ceremony to welcome Sean to the center and make him feel special, something Sean doesn't feel very it. often. Yeah, and it's not like it's not an accident that it happens at that moment. Because nope. Corey's like, let's go. Like, now let's welcome Sean. Yeah. And and I think in that moment, Sean, like projecting onto the character, I think he was thinking about it. He's like, am I making a mistake here? They're like, our new life member. Sean. Yeah. As soon as like somebody's reaching him, the cult does a really good job redirecting him away from that thought. Yeah. Yeah. What are you texting your chance? I am. Can you uh, tell her I said hi? I will. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Some some people aren't as important to Chance as others. <laughs> well, what do you believe in, Chance? <laughs> I don't know. There's a hole, and everyone can see it. Right there, you keep yapping out of it. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and then and I was looking up things about cults as well. Just like, what makes a cult? It's like, what kind of cult even is this? Mm-hmm. Um, and there were kind of like four sort of key elements to a cult. And this isn't necessarily like a dangerous or destructive cult, but just in general, you have like a charismatic leader. Cause that's kind of the main distinction between like a cult versus like regular sort of organized religion is that a cult doesn't have, um, yeah, there's no like structure necessarily any means of um, accountability I mean, and we're even seeing that within some evangelical circles where there hasn't been accountability. And so horrible things have been allowed to happen Yeah, because there hasn't been that. Um, But like a cult is like built around this person. In this case, it would be Mr. Mac or like generally there's like a really charismatic person who just kind of can win people over really easily. Um, Like like Charles Manson. Yes. I was, I was thinking Donald Trump, but. (laughs) Oh, you have a mega cult. (laughs) Yes. Dave Koresh. Is it Dave Koresh? Yeah. Um, But then there's also like a transcendent belief system of just like, we're going somewhere better, not even Mm -hmm. necessarily heaven, but like you have a need, this is going to fill that need. Mm -hmm. This is going to make things better. And then you have like systems of control and systems of influence. Mm -hmm. So it's just like what you've been talking about of slowly in like putting on more like control, even to the point of like you dress this way, Mm -hmm. like you act this way. And then influence of like older members or people who have been part of it longer being that influence and then eventually the support system and then eventually everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we see kind of all of this happening in really rapid time. Really yes. rapid time. Um, yeah. We haven't talked about it, but what kind of a cult is the center though? Like they don't seem to be a religious cult. I mean, please, please kids having sex with Mr. Mac. Is that what we think's going on here? What do you think the celebrity room's for? I mean, right? That's how you he's the celebrity. Most cults are based off the cult leader sleeping with a lot of the members. I mean, I know, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's how it works in Umbrella Academy. True. I mean, if you watch um if you watch uh what's the Joe Exotic? Tiger King. Tiger, Tiger King. King. Those places definitely operate a lot like cults. Uh-huh. And they're basically... Especially that one with the other guy. Yeah. But, but Joe Exotic too. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, so. They're not going to go into all of those details here. But Yeah. They also could get in serious trouble if they actually base this off a real cult. Because cults really like suing people for calling them cults. They That's even point that out. 
They do. They do point that out. Yeah. He loved love a lawsuit. So, yeah, but basically, Mr. Max, like, check us out. But then Corey instantly leaves. <laughs> um, sure. No, Sean mm-hmm. told me I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, Sean said no. Um, and he's talking to his parents in the side alleyway because I refuse <laughs> to call it the backyard anymore. The terrace. The terrace? The back terrace. The back yes. terrace. The terrace house. Yes, terrace house. Um, we're there, they're talking and kind of saying what else going on. And Corey's just like, I, I don't even know. And Feeney's like, I've been trying to get this place shut down for years. years. Um, yeah. So you know there's which, something bad going on. Which makes sense. Okay. They prey on high school kids and Feeney's protective. It makes sense. Yeah, from what I understand, most cults don't mass prey on high school students because the law is a lot quicker to react when it's and- underage And parents can legally pull their kids out of cults. Once you're an adult, your parents can't do anything when you're in a cult, so you're stuck there. Yeah. And, like, all these kids live there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just weird. Um, I live here, Sean. We all. We all live here. We never leave. um, We're going to go down there and get him Mm -hmm. and Feeney. But then Sean rolls up with Eric, and they're like, oh, thank goodness, Eric, you brought him back. And Sean's like, no, I brought him back. Mr. Mac thought uh, Eric was sincere. Mr. Mac thought Eric was just in it for the hugs. Of course I was. <laughs> so Eric's like, well, Duh. Yeah. Duh. Um, but then they're talking with Sean. Again, talking about belief. And Alan's just like, do you believe in God? And it's like, where does this? Yeah. What, this is, a, what are you talking this about? This is not the thing that Sean is talking about at all. Yeah. He's never mentioned this. Sean is talking yes. about being seen. He's talking about being understood. He's not talking about, I have nothing to believe in. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? You know what? I'm actually surprised. With Boy Meets World, you figure instead of God, maybe talking about like taking the SATs or going to college. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Do you believe in the SATs? What, AC- what SAT did you take, Sean? <laughs> <clears throat> what well, college are the, you going to? At the center, we take the ACTs. Well, but that's also... I feel like if we had done last week's episode and then this week's episode, we would be having a much different conversation. And part of it would be like, this episode might actually work a lot better as the SAT episode than Uncle Daddy would. I'm serious. Like, they're judging you. They think you need the SATs to work in life. Whereas, when in reality... Don't join a cult. Go to college. Yeah. H-U-G, not A-C-T. But no, it's like this vague, like... I guess the moral of the story is have a belief system and some vague belief in God and you won't join a cult or you won't stay <laughs> in a cult. It's almost like you'd be more susceptible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he just like, what do you believe in? Do you believe in God? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. And he like storms out. Like that's the thing he's struggling with. Mm-hmm. Cameron, do you hear that? That's a phone call in Feeney's apartment. What happened? <sighs> oh no. Feeney goes to answer the phone and they're still talking. But then he comes and he says, it's been a terrible accident. I don't know if he says terrible. But Jonathan what happened? Hunter's, Jonathan Hunter's. Jonathan Hunter? Motor, Jonathan Turner. <laughs> Did he marry Sean and take his last name? <laughs> he adopted Sean, but he liked the Hunter name. He's like, I get good discounts at Uncle Mike's motorcycle repair if I'm part of the, the Did plane. he marry Verna? Um, no. No, please. <laughs> Chet would never forgive him. Who cares what Chet thinks? Would Chet notice? <laughs> um, Jonathan Turner's been in a, an accident and they're like, is he okay? No. And so then they Feeney asks for a ride. Maybe he's been drinking. <laughs> I think Feeney's probably had been throwing back a few hard lemonades. 
I don't know. Like after tragedy happens, it's hard to drive, I guess. Because mm-hmm. yeah, he has a very different relationship to Turner than the Matthews do. Yeah, he's because he's got that mentor mentee teacher. At this point, it may be more fatherly. Yeah, there's a, there's a really big connection. Just like I can't drive myself. Mm-hmm. Like what what on earth has even just happened? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to comprehend this. I can't focus on driving. Yeah. So, like, yeah, give us a ride. Um, and they're like, Sean. And he's like, I'll be there. I promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he goes off. And they're like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but then they're in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Topanga shows up. And she's like, I came as soon as I heard. Where's Sean? <laughs> At that farmhouse over there. <laughs> she's like, where's Sean? And I'm like, I don't know. I wish I did. Mm-hmm. I think you know, Corey. <laughs> Um, yeah, but then he comes, uh, Mr. Mac, mm-hmm. and they're like, what are you doing here? He's like, I, I'm here for all of my children. And then Eric stands up. I want to come back. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Max tries his best his entire scene to be like perceived as a good person, good guy. But apologizing while passive aggressively torturing people. <laughs> yes. After like torturing people, but like perceived as the, the hero in this story. Yeah, he's honestly a lot like, I know I keep pulling it back to this, and I'm not trying to beat up on evangelical Christianity, even though I've grown quite tired of it. But it's a lot like the pastors at a that come to those campuses, and they basically come to get people to punch them Mm -hmm. so they can get lawsuits. Um, which is not a sect of like mainstream evangelical Christianity, which is why I don't feel as bad bringing it up. But they're like, I was just saying the truth and they couldn't handle it. So they hit me. Yeah. I was just Being, telling them racist things and all of a sudden they got mad for no reason. Doesn't make any sense to me. But oh. then it also, in like in addition to that, it feels like this very composed and collected aura. Mm-hmm. It's almost just like if you're centered, even when bad things happen to you, it doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. it's like bad things would never happen to you because you're centered or you're believing whatever. Like even at the end when Sean comes out and he's like, you've had, been through a lot. Let's go back. Like, let's return. Let's forget about it. Almost like these people ultimately don't care about you. Like I care about you because I'm here and I'm going to take you where it's safe. Well, even like you don't these have to people, deal with this. these people will force you to deal with a hard thing. Uh-huh. But How if you come they? with me, you don't have to do that. Yeah. This is the first confrontation in the episode where people are fighting over Sean, where Sean doesn't have somebody come up and instantly comfort him also. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, but Korean. Topanga never yeah. leave the side. Mm-hmm. But yeah. not somebody from they, the center. They push him further into his discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where Feeney and Alan confront Mr. Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, Feeney's just like, or Mr. Mac is saying to Feeney, like, I forgive you for trying to shut us down. And Feeney just like loses it. Yeah. He's like, like you forgive me? <laughs> what? The incredulity. Oh my then- goodness. Alan has to do the toxically masculine thing of pushing him. Come on. Come okay. on. He will kill people who try to prey on Sean Hunter unless he steals my orange juice. But he can get he out. Can <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, gonna... I like Alan in this moment. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I do. He's got that good Papa Bear instinct. Yeah, I feel like saying like it's just toxic masculinity just sort of like writes it off well, in a way that I I mean it's a parent protecting a kid. Yeah. You shouldn't push people, but it's like he is being fatherly towards Sean in a way that Sean's own father would never 
Dane to do. Mm-hmm. Like Chet Hunter's not going to do that. Not necessarily nope. that pushing someone against a wall and threatening their life is the thing that a kid needs it all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's more of a, it, it's an understandable grossness, but I still think it's a grossness of like, I need to assert my physical dominance to make sure they know that this isn't okay. I think it's, it's very realistic of a parent who raised in Alan's generation. It's true. I just don't. I don't like the message it gives that it's okay to do it. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. Being the one who escalates something to physical, I feel like it's rough. It's a, it's a rough thing. Yes. It's understandable. It, I'm not saying it's not understandable. And it's probably because I've always had a bit of a temper, but it's probably how I would actually react. But it is not how in control chance. Just like when would. you pushed against the wall for not being a Republican. I remember yes. many times hitting or hurting Terrace. Which is... But I don't remember that's that pretty one. textbook, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that one. I don't doubt it. 9-11, like, for me, like a lot of people, very much indoctrinated me into, like, right-wing beliefs. Yeah, I mean, just Sydney Montana is, like, as right-wing as it comes. It's true. And the only thing that was ever on in our house was Fox News. Like, that was that was it. Exciting. So, um, I don't, I, I don't doubt that story at all. I don't remember it. <laughs> like I said, I'm the curator of chances past. It's true. You are a greater window into my own childhood than I am. For most of it is blocked out via trauma. <laughs> hey, so is mine. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so that- you, you were my escape. So I remember everything with you. I don't remember any big details of anything else. Oh, fun! It was an escape because you? your chaos was less than my chaos at the time. It's true. And then my chaos became. <laughs> we just flipped. Yeah. <laughs> they joined each other's cults. It's true. We joined each other's cults. Um, yeah, but then Alan's done that, and Amy's like, stop. Like, he'd love nothing more than a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mr. Mack is like, I'm sensing a lot of anger here. <laughs> yeah. And again, just trying to be that smooth, collected person. He kind of like steps to the side. He's like, Sean, we need to go. And then we're like, where did Sean go? We've been talking about him this whole time and he just disappeared. They really only disappear after Alan does the push. Uh-huh. Yes. If you watch the background, there's just Sean looking at them in like shock and then they disappear. Mm-hmm. Which I got to You got to think like, like a nurse popped out and just motioned in and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> They'll follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Corey and Topanga and Sean are in the room. Mm-hmm. Returners like laid up, mm-hmm. just like looking pretty bad. Yeah, all, all the casts, all the casts. Was mm-hmm. that actually the actor? I could not. It tell. looked like him. I tried. I couldn't tell. He didn't have his new haircut. Mm-hmm. I mean, his head was all wrapped, but it, the face, the face that you see, looked like yeah. him. And Sean you, gets flustered. And he's like, "I can't do this. I need Mister Mac." And, I, and Corey's like, "Are you kidding me?" Absolutely not. I'm going to hug you because I'm your friend and because I love you. Not because it's a burst of pure love or whatever. Yeah, it's like, he doesn't say that, but yeah, he hasn't heard that exact expression yeah. probably. He's yeah. like, this is what a hug is because I care about you. I care about you. And in this moment, like you need me and I'm being here for you in a real way, not like a Mr. Mac way. Yeah. Well, he's like, yeah, I'm being with you in a real way. Just like Turner was always there for you in a real way. This isn't an empty gesture. So shut up. (laughs) Turn around. We're leaving. We can leave. You can't leave. One would say Turner around. (laughs) Stop it. He's practicing. He's building it up, you know. Yes. He's already stronger. He's, you know, it's multiplying. He's about to be exponential. Honestly, I started showing strangers at school pictures of my son. There you go. Um, 
But yeah, so also this hospital room is really big. Aww, picture of a boy. <laughs> yes, it's a large. It's a very room. big hospital room. Yes, as someone who was recently in the hospital, I can yeah, attest. It wasn't that big. It wasn't this big. Uh, labor and delivery rooms in Bozeman are about big, but that's the only place I've spent yeah. a lot of time in. in yeah, the labor and delivery rooms I've been in with Sarah are large, but that's not what this one is. No, this is like ICU. This is like the opposite of that. Yeah. Want to yeah, know how you can tell this show was filmed in the 90s? What? Want to know how you can tell this show was filmed in the 90s? How? There's ICU beds available. Oh. <laughs> oh, got him. Yeah. Um, also, the heart monitor looks pretty old. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and Sean just has this great piece of acting and a beautiful monologue that is a little ruined for me at the very end, but most of the time it's fine. Though I do th- feel like Sean, while he's talking and he's talking about his problems, we have watched this boy for four years now, like four seasons of show. We know what his specific problems are. Why doesn't he seem to know? He's like, my parents have abandoned me. Apparently my mother's done it a few times. My dad is a deadbeat who I know is always lying to me. He's just like, I've got problems. And you know that. Oh, don't leave me. You're not done yelling at me yet. It's just like, like, why are you hiding from the audience what the specific problems are? Do you not know where the writer like... <laughs> what if this is someone's first episode chance? They don't have time to relitigate all of this. Just like, when my parents weren't there for me, you were, or something. Uh-huh. Yes. But it's like the show has kind of forgotten what Turner and Sean's relationship was at this point. I feel like at some point in the episode, they do mention like, you're not my guardian anymore. Yeah. He so says they that. make that reference to like the fact the that there was game. some sort of special relationship between yeah. the two of them. Yeah. But like, no matter how much, never how much this scene was overblown, it still makes me sad. Yeah. No, Sean's emotion is great. It's a great piece of acting. Yes. It's just, well, the content's a little odd to me. Yeah, it's just like, why are we being so vague? Yeah, why are we being so vague? And why does it end with, don't blow me off, God? <laughs> like, never asked you for anything. Yeah. Never thought I'd come to you like this. I don't know. I didn't really turn to really looking towards religion and God until my brother passed away and I watched him in the hospital. So tragedy tends to bring that mindset on. No, no, I agree. I agree. But it's very out of context for the show and the episode and like the messaging. Yeah, it's very out of context here, especially because it's just such a vague idea. Mm-hmm. Of like, well, you gotta be somewhat like Christian <laughs> or like have some God because if you don't, you'll end up in a cult. <laughs> like, if if at the end he was like, I know what I believe in, I believe in you and like your relationship with me, and I believe in Corey, how he's always supported me, and that's what I believe in. I believe like, there's okay. more event, cool. more consistent people in my life that love me. Yeah, but like, it's mm-hmm. like, and like really love me like enough to say hard things yeah and make me and face challenge hard me but the but the exclamation point isn't that it's don't blow me off god <laughs> it's like huh <laughs> where did that come from where does this come from what is like sure yeah I, sure it, yeah it, huh? it's definitely a realistic thing that someone would turn to in this moment in the context of this episode it's just so weird yes. all for like god centered moments it's just also weird because seven seasons of a show, they don't really focus on religion or God ever again. Yeah, or ever before. Yes, it's uh, this one episode, like, 
cult religion, eh, close. Better talk about God because that's the norm in America. Yeah. yeah. It's never like addressed again. Yeah. And this is the vaguest form of God there is. It's the cornflakes of God. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like it's like a vague, like there's a dude in the sky who cares about you, not like any form of Christianity that actually exists or any really other God. Yeah, I don't know. It's just this the the piece of acting works really well. The dramatic tension is great. Just when you actually listen to the words, it's just like, what is happening mm-hmm. here? Like, why why is this the place we've chosen to go? I'm sad. I'm broken inside. And some not religion, not belief, vague, vague idea, <laughs> yeah. vague amalgamation of God. God. I don't know, but like, like reaching out and like asking God to help and make more sense if the entire episode wasn't about what do you believe in. Like, that would make more sense. Like, it seems like it's an answer to the question they posed in the episode, but the question that didn't need to be questioned. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and, again, it's it's another thing where I'm like, it's easily solvable. Just have, have him use veiled language like he's worshipping Mr. Mac or something. Like... <laughs> Yeah, maybe he was. Maybe God is Mac. Three letter He's names. Return of the Mac. It's about Mr. Mac. I hope Mac not. and what? cheese. What? Oh, what? Mac, and, Mac cheese. and cheese. Is that a Friends reference? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is. Also, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Did you ever watch that show? Never once. Oh, well, the main <laughs> boy's name was. Matt and his imaginary friend was Blue, but then eventually um, you realize he had an imaginary friend before Blue, whose name was Cheese. So it was Mac and Cheese, but then also Blue Cheese. Oh. It's a pretty, it's a pretty quality deep joke. Sort of end of the sort of the golden era of Cartoon Network, like your Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls, stuff like that. It like came after, towards the end of that, but it wasn't in that absurd like cow and chicken kind of ridiculousness. Of Cartoon yes, Network, for gross out humor. But before your like Adventure Time, sort of the resurgence, I feel like of Cartoon Network. Okay, so I really only watched Toonami and Cartoon Cartoons. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it's technically considered Dance parties. Cartoon Cartoon. Oh, but it was again towards the tail end of that, like post Billy and Mandy. Mm-hmm. Post Billy and Mandy, because yeah. Billy and Mandy was like real late in the Cartoon Cartoons era. Mm-hmm. It was actually post Billy and Mandy, I think. I enjoyed it. Okay. The last one I remember coming out was the Kids Next Door one. I remember that one coming out. I watched a couple episodes, but it was at that age where I was switching over to the more Disney Channel and CW. You were joining the teenagers. Yes. Yeah. The sworn enemies of the kids next door. (laughs) It's the teenagers. Like, for real. Okay. Yeah. That becomes part of later seasons of, like, at a certain point when you hit 13, you get your memory erased from being an operative of the kids next door. And usually you end up joining the teenagers who are trying to destroy the kids next door. Cool. It's like a global organization. I did that. Because I didn't give them any ratings. And now I'm going to destroy the children. I remember one episode of that show, and they were trying to find the fourth flavor of ice cream. That's the only episode I remember. They're like, there's a fourth flavor other than strawberry, chocolate, mm-hmm. and vanilla. vanilla. And it's the greatest flavor, but it's been lost to time. Is that the one where he's, I don't know, he's with some pirates, and he gets trapped, and they're like in a sea of Brussels sprouts, and he's like, food, food everywhere, and not a bite to eat. Something that... I've told you what I remember about a really long time. Yes, it's it's another good one, I think. All right, so back to the episode. Sean yes, was getting his hole filled. <laughs> you know, such light things. <laughs> we had to have a cartoon cartoons break. 
we needed it. We're like three minutes away from the end of the episode, and we needed it. God, can't we finish this episode? It must continue. What else can we talk about? Um, the uh-huh. fact that I'm now going to have Return of the Mac stuck in my head all night long mm-hmm. because I made that joke. Return of Hijacks. <laughs> return of Hijacks. I can't believe you didn't know that was a Return of the Mac reference. Anyway. I had not seen that episode. Oh, okay. What is Return of the Mac? I'm going to go now. Goodbye. It's just, it's just a song. It's one of the most famous songs in the late 90s. He's really walking away. Bye, <laughs> Chance. Welcome back, Chance. We missed There's you, Chance. my new co-host. Nice. I've been born for this. I have a microphone. It's, it's a nice microphone. Just listen to Return of the Mac after the episode. You'll, rem- re- you'll recognize it, I'm sure. That is actually a very funny episode of New Girl. Like, so funny. Have you seen New Girl? Yes. When she sings Return of High Jess, it's a reference to the song Return of the Mac. Which Where she a- and Cece get really high and, like, go shopping and then run into Winston's cop girlfriend. I don't think I've seen that episode. It's- that must be a later season. And then the next episode, you get the side, the other side. Or it might be the other way around. Or first you see the guys on their trip. And then the next episode is what Jess and Cece were up to. It's, like, very funny. Return of High Jess. Return of I guess. Anyway, anyway, Sean is doing this, and he takes Turner's hand, and then Turner's like hand kind of closes around Sean's, mm-hmm. and then Michael Jacobs, produced by Michael Jacobs, yeah, and then we go to the tag at the end, very short, very short. Sean comes out, and Mr. Mac comes, and he's like, "We need to go back to the center. You've been through a lot." And he's like, "You're right, we do." And Corey's like, "Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me right now?" I just hugged you for nothing. He's like, I somebody could have saw that. And then I'm going to go back to your house if that's okay. Like, it's okay. And like, Matt goes to hug him and goes, Sean, he's like, I hear what you're saying. Hand on the chest. And I see you, you see you standing there and it's nothing. That's it. Yep. <laughs> that's the episode. There cult fiction. That. Cult fiction. 421. 421. Who wants another cult fun fact? Do it. Hit me with it. So the first person to practice deprogramming and getting people out of cults name was Black Lightning. Ooh, why? Wait, wait, like his first name was Black and his last name was Lightning? Or was like a code name because he didn't want to get killed by the other cult people or what? Nope, he just went by Black Lightning. It was his name before. But he would go kidnap people, lock them in hotel rooms for four days, and unbrainwash them. Cool. Seems like the way to do it. And then they named a superhero after him. Hmm. When did this happen? Uh, 70s, I believe. It was right at the peak of Children of God because he was most notable for kidnapping people out of Children of God. This cult kidnapped you, essentially. And, but but eventually started kidnapping uh, parents would hire him to kidnap their children and de-brainwash them from playing Dungeons and Dragons. He didn't discriminate. <laughs> he didn't ask who signed the checks. Yep, he, he just care. got paid. If only he knew. I mean, he, like kept, people kept suing him, so eventually they banned him from deprogramming. So then he just hired other people to do the same stuff and let him watch. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. Black Lightning, not the best. Yeah, no, not the best example. Black Lightning, here. pretty terrible guy, but he did pretty much torture people in cults till they decided not to be cults anymore. Maybe not the most two wrongs ethical. make a right. Yeah, just re brainwashing, but brainwashed. Be an individual. Be an individual. <laughs> That just makes me think of the uh, episode of Parks and Recreation where they're doing that to Jeremy Jam and they like spray Tammy's perfume and then slap him and spray her perfume and then slap him. <laughs> Away to hell with you, woman. <laughs> I saw they had to deprogram him. They were deprogramming him and it was great. <laughs> anyway, ratings. 
Cameron, what did you rate uh, this episode? I gave it a nine. Interesting. I feel like the discussion on beliefs didn't really belong, but I still feel like overall it's a really strong episode. And I feel like our discussion of it, they actually do a really good job of talking about the actual subject matter in a way that is good within the framework of the show being only 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the sh- the writers know a lot more about cults than we do about the mafia. They knew a lot more about cults than they do about the mafia. <laughs> they sure do. They were probably Scientologists. Probably. What did you rate it? I also went a nine out of ten because the like the subtext about God, like Cameron said, and also the humor from Eric just seemed out of place and unneeded and could have just been done in a different way. Okay. Like the humor You're like justifying if, a nine, which I feel like is a great score. But I'm justifying yeah, the one I took off. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Chance, what's your view, Chance? I feel like I'm going to be the negative Nancy here. Giving it an 8.5. <laughs> <laughs> How could you? <laughs> ah, that is not a centered score. It's time to deprogram you, Chance. <laughs> Black Lightning. Black, Black Lightning is here to watch. <laughs> 8.5. Smack. 8.5. Smack. <laughs> what do you rate this episode, Chance? An 8.5. <laughs> Every smack brings it up a point zero one. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be negative eight point five. <laughs> um, I'm gonna be the name of Nancy. Yeah, it's a. Every character is likable in this episode. I feel like we focus a lot on the negative, but that's because the positives of this episode are very obvious to see. It's an episode that actually has something to say. It doesn't. It doesn't say it super well, <laughs> but it has something yeah, to say. There's a better way to address it. Yeah, um, but every character is likable there are a few funny moments um the show is aware of its own silliness and premise Mm -hmm. um which for some reason really worked for me in this just because they're like well yeah it's got to obviously be a cult because we only have 22 minutes we can't subtly tell you it's a cult (laughs) we can't slowly discover his plot yeah this isn't the meta narrative of the entire season yeah um, it's just it, it, it's just this one episode um so this episode really works for me um in a lot of ways uh picking a mvp is difficult which is always a sign of a great episode um i do have who i think should be mvp but i would love to hear what you guys have to say is it mr mac it is not good good is it eric it is not is it amy no is it judge lamb <laughs> How is it Topanga? Know? It's not Topanga. It's not, Topanga. It's not Morgan. <laughs> it's not Alan. No. Knowing you. I had him down as a question mark, but. Hey, me too. I'm a. It's not Sherry. No, I forgot Sherry's name. Or Sunflower Fortunato. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's actually the one girl who flirts with Eric. Uh huh. I forget her name, uh-huh. too. Who cares? Here's the money. Where's the room? <laughs> My no. emotional palette is missing yellow and blue. <laughs> Where's Where's um, all right who wants to go first Art, i think i'm gonna just nominate sean just because i feel like writer strong does such a really good job mm-hmm. and we go on a journey with him mm-hmm. throughout the episode yeah writer had a strong performance mm-hmm. stop it <laughs> sorry yes. i saw my chance stop it <laughs> <laughs> So I'm putting his name. You're, you're, in, you're in throwing contention. Yes, Terrace. I my list says Sean Allen Feeney. Okay, Those I think choices. I think Feeney does the best job, like showing compassion. It's, Turner is actually another one. I forgot about Turner. I don't know. His performance really died at the end. 
I don't know. Mine, I, I second Sean. I so mine is Sean because I mean he is the most important person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a celebrity that can go in the celebrity room of this yes. episode. Yeah. But he went he, in the celebrity room with Sherry. He's he is by far the most important person in this episode. The, I mean, it doesn't go anywhere without him. And sometimes we give it to the most humorous character because laughter is the most important part, but he's very sometimes funny. That's the only person that deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> And but he's very funny in this episode. Um, I like girls with no judgment. Yeah, I like girls with no judgment. Ooh, this is a cult. Huh? <laughs> Hawaii. I figured I'd have a better job outside the country. Yeah. Um, so he's got some really funny moments. Don't blow me off, God. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Um, so I think I think it's got to be Sean. Yeah, I agree. Segment. And names. I just said boy meets the center. Yeah. Boy meets his lost friend. Boy meets lost Boy friends. meets lost souls for a savior. <laughs> he used the term lost souls twice in this episode. They do. That's the only time they ever use it in the entire show. I one of the one of the most parts, there's two things that I wanted to talk about this episode that I didn't. So I'm just gonna bring them up real, real fast. Mm-hmm. We know that and it's never the case. But one That's- is like at the end of the discussion with Mr. Mac in the hospital, they, they have him say, in any event, there are plenty more just like him. And it's like an obvious villain thing, just in case you haven't gotten yet that he's the villain of the story. Colts are bad. This was a, a PSA about how good Colts are for Blossoms. Souls. He's <laughs> really making sure you understand he's not good. Yeah. I don't know why, but that, that line, like, because they did such a good job of making him, like, ambiguously bad. And then that moment of just, like... He's just another nobody and to me. And then he disappears in a puff of smoke and there's a smell of brimstone <laughs> and you hear a little hooves clacking as he <laughs> runs away. I mean, you don't want the boy. kids to be ambiguous about, hey, was he a bad guy or Colt's good? Maybe I should go to Colt's.com and look up to where some good ones are. Yeah, yeah. So just like the whole like... Is there a Colt's.com? Painting it as like, these aren't people <laughs> to him. They're all the same. I don't know. I didn't like that line. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to bring up is they had to have known this was Turner's last episode. I don't know why they sent him out on this note, sent him out on this note, but for the last like season and a half, really since the prom episode, when he says, this is the nicest thing I own, they've been dressing him in suits and vests mostly. But in the last talk he has with Sean, he's back in the classic Turner jeans, tucked in t-shirt and really big tie. I disagree with you. What? He was in a hospital gown and casts. Well, the last last (laughs) time time he had a choice. (laughs) The last time he's talking to Sean. But, and I just think that may have been a really intentional moment because he hasn't dressed like that in a while. Like, because they, the episode before the 50s episode is where they first put him in a suit. And then like, he's in a suit in that episode and he's in a suit in the next episode. And then he's done a lot of vests. Mm-hmm. He's a big, big vest For being a big vest hater for against Feeney, he sure wore a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. But they, maybe after that, he was like, actually, they're pretty cool. So they put him in a very classic Turner look. 
for his last like scene as Turner. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was interesting. And then they crashed his motorcycle. <laughs> they crashed. And, and Turner always wears his helmet. Wasn't that mentioned before? Why do you have so many bandages on his head? It's true. Well, I mean, bad enough motorcycle crashes, they'll tear up your head anyway. True. I've got some friends who are insurance adjusters and they're like, never ride a motorcycle ever. <laughs> My parents were in a motorcycle crash once. They're okay now. <laughs> Good. I mean, I'm glad they didn't. You've seen some you talked to my dad not too long ago. I'm glad they didn't subtly die like Turner did. <laughs> they just dis- die. Turner doesn't die. I, I think we'll call it Boy Meets the Center. It's the, <laughs> All that to say. It's the easiest one. <laughs> Boy I, meets Mr. Mac the Devil. Boys meet the true mean. Boys meet lost soul. Dark Souls. <laughs> dark Souls. Mr. Mac is a Dark Souls boss. I've never played Dark Souls, so I don't know if that's true or not. It might as well be true. Could be. Yeah, can't prove you wrong. I've never played it. People with holes in them. Boy meets hugs. Hugs and boy meets drugs? God. Boy meets God. Boy meets beliefs. Uh, uh, what do you believe in? I believe. Where's Batman? Simply makes you stranger. Gruesome led up to the darkness. Bane doesn't fit here. I was supposed to kill the bus driver. (laughs) Bus driver? It always comes back to the Nolan versus Batman. It really does. Would you be on the new Batman trailer? I didn't watch it. I I am so done with Grimdark Batman. I don't even care. I, I I have zero interest in a grim dark. I beat people up a lot. I'm so brutal. Take on Batman. Shut up. We know the Dark Knight Returns happened. Get over it. <laughs> I need Adam West back. I need Nolan's Batman back. <laughs> I would like uh, just really detectivey, sort of like a Batman that's sort of like um, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. yeah. And that like, I really love, this is just funny that this is where we are. I just love that character where he's just like, just through superhuman observation, he's like, he's walking this way. He has a weak knee. He has the, his hearing. He's favoring this way when he's listening so I can attack. These are my points of attack. Boom, boom. That's like Batman. Yeah, yes. that is Batman. I don't need it as obvious as it is in that movie. Maybe just like a quick like cut to the knee, flashback to the walk, and then hitting it instead of like the whole like zoom in thing that they mm-hmm. do. That's pause. Zach Morris. Pause. Yeah. Freeze. But I agree with you. And him solving a mystery. But mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I need a mystery. Don't just fight Superman. Yeah. No, I've not even seen that movie. You haven't. It's true. Um, yeah, I am so over Grimdark Batman. I do not care. Like, if if it comes out and the reviews are just wonderful and everyone's like, no, it's actually really hopeful, then I'll be like, okay, maybe. But oh, we just... get to see Sad be sadder. Yeah, I kind of think you're right. Just call it the Sad Man trilogy. I have zero interest in Hollywood's obsession with The Dark Knight Returns. Zero interest. Hmm. If someone raised right. Catwoman like they did in year one, I, I have even less interest. Did it. you watch The Killing jo- Joke? The animated one? Yeah. No, because I heard about the Barbara Gordon scene and it's just gross. No, yeah, it care. is. It was not needed. Batman has never been about shock value. Like the character itself in the book is, but not like the movie like, that he is portrayed in. The villains were kind of the shock value, like Zar carving his skin for every victim and like that kind of shock value. But I don't need my shock value from the heroes. Well, and I don't, I don't need that kind of shock value. 
Like, there's a point at which violence becomes cartoony. Like, wearing the face of your victims. Like, is it a real thing that could happen? Maybe. But is it also so just, like, like... extreme. It's extreme. It's crazy. Do you play um, Arkham Knight? No, I didn't. I only played yeah. Arkham City and Arkham... That one gets really dark, too. Um, Arkham Asylum. Yeah. I played Asylum, that's it. Yeah, that one gets really dark. That, uh, Gotham Knight? Or Dark Knight? Um, Arkham Knight. Yeah. yeah. Most of them take place at night. Uh-huh. Pretty dark outside. But it's just a Jason Todd story, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not even talking about that. I'll tell you later. Okay. I'll show you <laughs> off here. Yeah, it's like shocking. We'll, we'll get to it. Like, um, yeah, the, the revisit of Death of a Family after a new 52 just was just too much shock value, in my opinion. I can believe it. So, Terrace, where can people find you? Uh, Bozeman, Montana, mainly. <laughs> Go to Bozeman, look Terrace up, he'll buy you a beer. Uh, a bush. Oh, I have a second kid coming. I'm poor. <laughs> yeah, I'm in college. School. You got to finish that school up real fast. I know. Yeah, semesters into one. I'm so excited. Were you in school when you had your last kid? Um, no, I started after. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of not looking forward to that first semester back. Huh. It, I just always tell myself it'll get done. <laughs> it's my last semester. It's yeah, I, get done. Like at the end of the day, I'll get it done. Yeah, it always seems impossible, and then it's done. Well, we'd also like to thank Dizzy Barker for uh-huh. our theme song. Um, you can find the link to the video that it is from in the description down below. And then from there, find all of his other stuff. Yeah, check it out. It's good good quality stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can find us at BG World Fever on Twitter and Instagram. Send us mail at uh, bgworldfever at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. I'd already said it once, and I just could not for the life of me remember what it was. Couldn't believe you had to say it again. I'm very tired. Yeah, I'm pretty tired, too. Um, and I have to wake up early in the morning. Why? Uh, going on a trip. Oh. I'll tell you later. On your favorite rocket ship. On my favorite rocket ship. Exciting. So that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long, world. So long, world. When the storm is world.